Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And we're the Judgy Crime Girls. Hello and welcome. Hello. If this is your first time here, you probably don't know what we look like. (laughs) Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, not at all. For me anyway. (laughs) We just hide in the dark studio in Mm -hmm. the shadows (laughs) with our dark thoughts and our dark minds Mm -hmm. to bring you the spookiest episodes in October. Yay, October. What are you doing for Halloween? Nothing. Well, the day before, we're going to be doing some true crime trivia with you all Mm -hmm. we hope you can join us monday october 30th at 6 30 p.m eastern time we will be on facebook live Mm -hmm. we have done it before and it was a lot of fun it was so fun there will be prizes so definitely join us I love it. I love seeing everybody get competitive when we do it. Yes. That is what is fun. I'm very competitive. I don't even need prizes because it's just about winning. I'm not as competitive as you are, but I do think that this is a lot of fun and you'll learn something if you tune in. The prizes are just kind of a bonus. It's always a good time. It's our spooky season, and we are bringing you the creepiest cases that we can find. So welcome to the dark side. Welcome. Monday was Claudia's birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Claudia. <laughs> How are you feeling? A year older. What ails you? <laughs> My rotator cuff. <laughs> Guys, you should see me. I can't anymore. <laughs> You're still a baddie. Just so you know, her theme song that she plays every single year (laughs) is This Is Why I'm Hot. By Mims. When you get done with this episode, roll on over and play that Mm -hmm. for her. It's a little bit of a pep talk to myself. Now, this song may not be the nicest because it says, This Is Why I'm Hot and You're Not, which (laughs) is not very nice. But it's very motivational for me. Very, it's, It's like my own little pep talk. And then I feel better about myself. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I like it. If you're returning, you know where it's at. We have facts and snacks. Yeah. That's how we roll. We are, again, chomping on some Oreos and Starbucks, and it's our go-to right now. It sure is. This is from facts.net. This is pretty creepy. 70% of all known serial killer murders come from America. Most of them are here in our little corner of the world. And that is pretty creepy. I guess for me, and this is what I know, the U.S., we're safe. This is a good place. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not. (laughs) Well, every country has their bad apples. If you guys have an idea for a series that you'd like to hear about, let us know. Don't give me Germany. I think I covered everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I told you you can't do Germany, you would still somehow do Germany. I know. Somehow there's a German whatever in there. Somebody will be German in my case. (laughs) Joining us means you're just as weird as we are. Claudia was saying earlier it's Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it is. It's hella weird and we're ready for it. Yeah. 
Today, I'm going to be covering someone that became somewhat of a celebrity for his crimes. It's really sad how it all came about and shocking. The main question here is, should somebody that has done something so insanely awful be allowed back into society and walk the streets with us? And Claudia is shaking her head, absolutely not. I don't know that any amount of time can make you safe again. I'm just going to give a quick trigger warning that this is a cannibalistic episode and it is pretty gruesome. Prepare yourselves. Let me tell you about S.A. Sagawa, who was born on April 26th, 1947 in Japan. When I looked up the creepiest cases for Halloween, mm-hmm. he was one that popped right up. As a child, he was born as a preemie and according to his father, he was small enough to fit into the palm of his hand. Just a really tiny kid. And as you know, preemies typically do have a lot of physical or developmental difficulties. Yeah. And for him to actually survive in the 40s to be that early is, you know, pretty amazing. He did have some symptoms. He suffered from enteritis, which affected his small intestine and was treated with a series of injections. Essay was small in stature and Mm -hmm. always was. Among his peers, he always felt inferior. He was a very different kind of child. He was a bookworm and very much an introvert. At just seven years old, he caught a glimpse of a classmate's thigh, a young boy that was near him Mm -hmm. in the first grade. And he thought to himself, wow, that looks so healthy and delicious. I wonder what it would taste like. No. Yes. Seven years old? First grade. He also was having sexual relations with the family dog at the time. Oh, don't tell me that. From the get-go, everything seemed off. Usually, children that are doing things like that, something's been done to them. Yeah. They don't just act that way out of nowhere. As I said, he really found his love in literature and kept to himself. He followed that passion all the way to his early 20s. He obtained a master's degree in literature through both Waco and Kwanzai University. And in his late 20s, Asai decided he wanted to further his education with a doctorate in literature by attending Sorbonne in Paris. Oh, wow. So his very first attempt at eating someone Mm. was when he was in Paris, where he followed a German woman home. Mm. That was his first mistake right there. You don't follow a German woman (laughs) home. It's almost as if it's a sexual thing for him Mm -hmm. to want a piece of flesh. And that was his intent that night. He just wanted to cut a piece of her buttocks off. Just a tiny piece to have. But she woke up. Imagine that. She was incredibly strong. She pinned him to the floor and somehow also contacted police. That's right. Born and raised in (laughs) Germany. That's right. Essay never revealed his true intentions about what he was trying to do that night and was charged with attempted rape. That's it. 
before being released into the custody of his father. He got away with it because his dad paid her off. His dad was extremely wealthy. Okay. A very prestigious family. His father was the president of a water treatment plant, and his grandfather was an established editor for one of the four largest newspapers in Japan. Oh, wow. Many people have argued that his family enabled his behavior by not getting him the psychological help that he needed. I was thinking about that. Five years after that incident, it was on June 11th, 1981. Essay was 32 years old, studying in Paris, when he invited a fellow classmate, Renee Hardevelt, back to his apartment. And he told her that he would like to help her with some poetry translations. She was Dutch. She was 5'10". She was healthy and beautiful and warm. Everything that he wasn't. He was a little boy. Because he was little, yeah. <laughs> Later, Essay admitted that his only intentions were to kill her that night. So this time he didn't want to just slice off a little piece. Mm-mm. He had been working up to this moment for years. Once he moved to Paris, he tried to work up the courage, but he was never able able to actually pull the trigger. So he was kind of practicing without actually going through with it. And every time it was making him more and more angry. Mm -hmm. So when Renee entered his apartment, he made sure she was very comfortable and he had her sit down and read some of the work she believed that they would be getting into. Conveniently, she did so with her back facing essay. Mm -hmm. And while Renee was reciting the poetry with her back towards him, he shot her in the back of her neck and she died almost instantly. Essay was not prepared for that experience at all, which caused him to pass out from the shock of what he had just done. So he says. Lies. He just seems like such a wuss anyway. He probably did. I don't know that I even buy that he actually passed out. I mean, kind of like you said, he's kind of a pussy anyway. He was probably trying to gain sympathy. He wakes up and he proceeds to have intercourse with Renee's body. What a pig. It's disgusting. He tries to bite off chunks of her flesh, but was disappointed to find that his teeth were too blunt to break through her skin. He gives up, quickly leaves his apartment, and he decides he needs a butcher knife to get through the skin and the muscle. So he has to leave the whole apartment? Apparently he didn't have a knife. That was sharp enough for his liking. And he returned where he continued to mutilate her body. This is terrible. It's off. It was gruesome. There was blood everywhere. He was targeting parts of the body that were the most pronounced, starting with her breasts, her buttocks, face, thighs, slivers of her feet, and even pieces of her neck that weren't affected by the gunshot. He claims that he didn't eat all of the flesh raw. Instead, he cooked some of it in portions and even proceeded to freeze bits of the flesh for later. Unbelievable. This went on for days. He just ate off of her body. The mutilation just continued as he cut off her clitoris and consumed it whole. That is beyond. Wow. 
I have no words. He later stated that the reason for this was because at the time she was on her period and the smell disturbed him to the point where he felt like he couldn't eat the rest. His fantasy to him was short-lived. The loss of blood and removing all those parts, it created a smell he wasn't prepared for. He was sad that he had to get rid of her because it smelled too bad too quickly. It's like, you dumbass, you read so much and you don't know anything about decomposition like nothing he had dreamed of this moment his whole life ever since he was a boy right it was there and it was like it was christmas for him like two days wasn't enough mm. This poor girl. It's absolutely awful. Before attempting to get rid of her body, he took pictures of every step along the way. He decided it would be a good idea to cut everything into smaller pieces and then cram them into two suitcases. With the suitcases dripping of blood, he took them to a local park and threw them in a lake near Bois de Boulogne, where the remains sunk to the bottom and would later be discovered by the authorities just four days later. His arrest came pretty quickly and was a surprise to most people because he was so shy and introverted, not seeming to be a threat. This crime was terrible. It was awful. He was arrested and put in prison where he sat for around two years waiting for his trial. Of course, he was in Paris, like I said. His wealthy father, who was still in Japan, had S.A. released after he was declared insane. You have got to be kidding me. Was agreed that he would immediately be deported back to Japan on the condition that when he landed, he was immediately transported to a mental institution. So that all makes sense to me. S.A. had multiple psychological issues, and despite his violent premeditated crimes in France, his final diagnosis was sexual deviancy rather than sociopathic or psychopathic tendencies. And due to the wealthy influence of his father following his diagnosis, Essie was granted release from that mental institution and was allowed to check himself out. See, that's a joke. I think it's the fact that it was two different countries. Mm -hmm. And I bet his dad knew it. Yeah. And the media had a heyday with this. They actually followed him, his life, and everyone he ever knew. Essay was asked to appear on various radio and TV shows throughout the late 1980s and 90s, including a cooking show where he prepared meat. Oh my God. Yes. That makes me sick. He also appeared in some soft porn films where he would actually bite the buttocks. I'm going to vomit. The films he appeared in were all typically violent and sexual. He made money off of what he did. He became a celebrity. He wrote books about the murder and constantly accepted interviews by the media to tell his story. But after the fame kind of died out, it seemed that Essay had a hard time keeping and finding employment. Mm. He tried to get a job at a prestigious 
French language school, but his application was later rejected when the students and staff discovered who he actually was. Thank you. They were initially impressed because of his name. His family was very well known, Mm -hmm. but they rejected him. Since his failed career in literature, S.A. had little to no luck finding employment and found that he would not be able to really do anything with his inheritance because his parents passed away in 2005. He was not even permitted to attend their funeral. All of his inheritance was spent on repaying his parents' creditors, and he (laughs) was left to live in public housing and be on welfare. Oh, look at that. Feeling so big. (laughs) That's how far daddy's money has gotten him. That's right. He was eventually hospitalized in 2013 and diagnosed with a cerebral infraction, a disease that causes brain tissue to slowly die off. I hope it's a slow death. He needed a lot of caretakers and his younger brother helped rotate shifts. He was no longer able to live independently. He ended up passing away at a hospital in Tokyo. He was admitted for pneumonia on November 24th, 2022. He was 77 years old. Just kind of interesting how he became this huge celebrity and Mm -hmm. did all these interviews and was able to write a book. Yeah, because the media made him a celebrity. In sharing this today, I think it's important because if you commit a crime in one country, you need to serve that time in that country. Mm -hmm. I really feel like that is so important. Yeah. Because of this. Exactly. I feel like if I commit a crime in Mexico, I know they're going to keep me there. Even if I'm wanted for a crime here, I know Mexico is going to say no. Not until she serves the sentence here, and then we will hand her over. Right. But apparently in Japan, if you have a lot of money... Couldn't have been all that much because they had to pay all the creditors back and then there was no money left. You're right. Money on credit or your name will get you places. The fact that he was on a cooking show, that really shocked me. Blows my mind. In 2017, they came out with a documentary, a movie about him, and it's called Cannaba, like cannibal, but with no L. Oh, wow. Okay. Definitely check that out. The book that he wrote was called In the Fog. I definitely don't recommend you buy that because any any money, any proceeds, I don't know where they go. Maybe any other book. Right. I don't know. Wow. That poor woman. Yeah. Just trying to trust him and come help. And she wasn't a small woman. Like, she was 5'10". Like, she probably could have took him for sure mm-hmm. had she known and not had her back turned. Right. But I'm telling you, it's those German women. They will get you. Pin you down and call the police. Back turned or no. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in with us on Fridays for our Judgy After Dark. Those are our longer episodes, more of a deep dive. For just $3 a month, you can listen every single Friday. We absolutely love your support and appreciate it. We're not a big network. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And you'll get discount on our merch as well as a shout out on the show. Speaking of shout outs, we have a shout out today. So Mariella, thank you so much for joining us this week. We appreciate it. So no studying, you guys. 
And no turning your backs on anyone. Yeah. Stay hella weird. And stay sassy. And judgy. And stay tuned in with us every other Wednesday and hopefully every Friday too for Judgy After Dark. Soon. Have a great week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. It's hard to see and it's hard to. Okay. (laughs) Look who can't see. My eyes are still good. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make that noise, but it was le- it was legit.